0: Welcome to Living Well with Dr. Pegg, where psychologist Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark explores a variety of mental health, wellness, and safety topics and shares biblically-based psychological strategies for living well and staying safe. Now, here is your host of Living Well with Dr. Pegg, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark.
1: Good afternoon, everyone. Great to be back with you for another episode of Living Well with Dr. Peg. I'm your host, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark, and we're broadcasting live today from Denver, Colorado. And thank you so much to our sponsor, SSI Guardian. Uh, We're here every Thursday at 1 p.m. Mountain on KLZ 560 AM and online at DrPegradio.com. And SSI Guardian has set the new standard in advanced safety education training. Contact them today at SSIGuardian.com and tell them Dr. Pegg sent you. Well, I've got some great news for everyone out there. We are live on Facebook today, so you can give us a shout-out or ask a question. Uh, Just be sure to follow Dr. Pegg on Facebook so you can stay up-to-date on show topics and be notified of when we're going live on Facebook. And we also have our phone lines open today. Uh, Dave is going to help me take your calls today, and the number is 303 477-5600. So what are we talking about today? Well, summer is over and it is back to school time. So our topic today is back to school safety. And what do parents and students, teachers and administrators need to know about school and campus safety? And maybe you're a college student who's off to college for the first time. And if so, what should be on your radar when it does come to safety or if you're a parent, you've got to be concerned about your children's safety these days. And we have to be informed about school and classroom safety because we don't want to leave our children's safety up to some gadgety, unapproved barricade device, which is making their, their way into our schools. And we want to make sure that training that's being done at our schools is not based on just opinion or emotion. And uh, we have to make sure that we're understanding evidence-based practices in advanced safety education and training. And so I've got the experts in that area um, I've got the president of SSI Guardian, Michael Yorio, who's on the phone with me today. And always such a pleasure to have Michael with us. But good afternoon, Dr. <laughs> good
2: afternoon. Always great to be back on your show.
1: Oh, thanks so much, Michael. Well, I want to talk about some of the things that have happened uh, over the summer since I last had you on, because there's been a couple newsworthy, newsworthy things related to safety, even though we haven't had a recent attack in the last few days or weeks. Um, We recently learned about uh, the New Mexico compound where they were um, supposedly training children to commit school shootings. How crazy
2: is that? Um, Actually, it's not that crazy for those of us who work in professional security. Quite frankly, that is a place straight out of the Taliban and ISIS playbook where they recruit uh, or, or overseas they actually just purchase um, children at a very young age, mm. brainwash them, indoctrinate them at a very early age, um, creating pretty much terrorists from birth. So it's absolutely concerning. I, I know it surprised a lot of Americans uh, who haven't been exposed to that environment. Uh, but it, it's a grave concern to me because that, that validates and, and tells me that um, they are one step closer to actually pulling off such an mm. evil, evil event.
1: My goodness. Uh, There's so much about that that is disturbing, even just from a mental health and wellness point of view of having uh, children in in that, um, you know, harsh environment, um, Mm -hmm. potentially taken away from their own parents and the nurturing that they should be receiving at that young age. Not to mention, as as you're pointing out, just what that tells us about um, the vulnerability that we may have going forward in the future.
2: That's right, absolutely. Um, The the threat of of school violence, whether it's school violence, workplace violence, institutional violence as we call it, um, continues to change. So it's very important that training strategies, product solutions, technology, safety upgrades, that that they remain current because it is an evolving threat. Um, It's very important that we don't get stuck into looking too much into the past. Of course, we want to learn from past events. But truly, every event is unique and different.
1: Mm-hmm. And we know that people are out there thinking about this. Uh, the assailants don't just snap. They they are planning, even if it's a matter of days and weeks, but it's usually months and even years. Um, uh, earlier, um, as school was ending, back in May, early June, we also heard about the release of a video game called Active Shooter. But the release of the game was halted because of the protests uh, it was st- simulating a school massacre, and so there are there are actually people out there who are using um, video games and simulated activities, perhaps even to practice how they're going to carry out one of these heinous attacks.
2: That's right, and, and that near release of that video game was absolutely inappropriate. Uh, I'm, I'm not so sure what that organization was thinking. Um, I I would like to believe they did not have malice in their mind or their hearts by putting that out. Um, But at the very least, it was a terrible, terrible um, PR stunt. And we have to be aware that, you know, certain words, certain actions, certain products, everybody is looking at these things currently. So it's important that None of our actions or words or strategies are misconstrued in any way.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That, Absolutely. Go ahead.
2: No, I, I was going to say that that video game really disturbed me that, that somebody would be that detached from reality mm-hmm. to think that it was okay to do that. You know, this isn't uh, Madden 2018 where kids are playing football and fantasizing that they're in the NFL or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just totally pretty much had it been released from the reports that I heard, obviously I didn't see the game, but from all accounts, it suggested they were essentially training individuals how to do a school shooting Mm
3: -hmm.
2: and road mapping and wargaming it out. Mm -hmm. So just people need to take responsibility and really think. When I say people, people, organizations, everybody involved, think before you speak, think before you take certain actions, Mm -hmm. because they can't be misconstrued and perhaps Uh, As we know, there are some troubled young people in our country and something could be uh, misconstrued in their mind that tells them it's okay to do this and we're going to tell you how to do this. So it's important that we all practice vigilance and be very cautious and and careful in our words.
1: Mm -hmm. And so that even goes to making threats because we've been seeing on a pretty regular basis different threats being made, for example, on social media. Um, There was a note that was found at Florida Atlantic University and their uh, commencement ceremony was canceled just last week when a threatening note was found in the women's bathrooms bathroom and the authorities considered it a credible threat turned out that um, no arrests were made and graduation was just held a few days ago, but the good news is uh, that these threats are being taken seriously they're being reported they're being investigated and some of these attacks are being stopped and thwarted because people are are as homeland security says if you see something say something
2: and we do know based upon research based upon evidence that many incidents can be throttled and prevented if people are trained in the appropriate manner Mm -hmm. Uh, you're absolutely correct say something see something i know it sounds like a cliche and perhaps it is but i'm sure department of homeland security wanted something that was very simple Mm -hmm. and easy to understand by everybody and it does work um, florida as you know I, I live in south florida florida atlantic university and boca Raton is right up the road mm. and we look at parkland we look at fau we look at not too long ago the fort lauderdale airport had a shooting um you, you look at further north up into the state of about four hours north orlando with the pulse nightclub shooting so uh, i would hate i would hate for florida to become the new colorado you yeah. know the Events that have taken place in Colorado, um, but we are seeing a very disturbing trend here. Mm. But on the positive note, as you pointed out, incidents, bad events can be prevented through training. And thank God that FAU, they were able, somebody reported it, law enforcement took immediate action
3: mm-hmm. and
2: was able to do the right thing. It's always better to err on the side of caution. So they postponed the summer commencement. Um, had it the day or a couple of days after, uh, and everybody was safe and sound. That's right. Well, I'm speaking with safety and security
1: expert and president of SSI Guardian, Michael Yorio. Uh, thanks so much, Michael, for being with us. You know, what, what you're talking about really helps to um, get rid of this myth of it can't happen here mindset. There are still some people who put their heads in the sand thinking, well, it couldn't happen here, but it is happening. You're talking about um, some of the more recent events that we've been seeing in Florida and we know Colorado has a bad reputation for these tragic events. Um, But there are so many incidents that have occurred, 250 active shooting incidents between the year 2000 and 2017. We really shouldn't have that mindset anymore of it can't happen here.
2: That's absolutely correct. We we have no way of knowing where the next tragic incident will happen. Uh, Unfortunately, there's probably going to be another and more than one uh, future tragic incidents like this. Um, it, it's very sad, uh, but it's the world that we live in. Um, so and, until we take different actions as a country and do different things to prepare and do a better job preventing these incidents from happening, uh, we we have to, again, focus on what works, um, move out the stuff that does not work, and really take this threat seriously. I know no one and and perhaps no one should be forced to think about these things, but reality suggests otherwise. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a living, breathing, evolving threat that we all need to take notice of and prepare, and through the appropriate and proper preparation, we can prevent some events from taking place and save innocent life. That's right.
1: Well, it's back to school time. And we know that schools are the second most uh, common target for active shooter violence, second behind businesses. And so we know that um, uh, someone affiliated with SSI Guardian, uh, who's a leading neuroscience and education expert, Dr. Kenneth Wesson, he's been a guest on this program. He has said that school safety Best practices are a learning requirement, Michael, in that uh, if a school's not safe, if the classroom's not safe, kids can't learn. Talk about how important it is for us to focus on school safety as kids are going back
2: to school. And I love hearing Dr. Weston talk about this topic, and he is absolutely correct. Uh, looking at it from not a safety, a professional security purview, but looking at it from a fact-based, proven learning purview, how the brain works, Uh, and essentially what he's saying is if a student does not feel safe in their classroom, they cannot learn to their fullest capability. Now, safety can mean many things. It could be a leaky roof. It could be a broken piece of furniture, uh, perhaps a uh, desk that uh, is not the right size, appropriate size for the student. It could be something more severe, such as bullying, such as the threat of a violent act, such as a school shooting, stabbing, or otherwise. So it's important when we talk about violence, it's not just school shootings. It, it could be a we- the, the, the weapons change. It, it could be a knife. Um, we're seeing vehicles used more and more, not so much in the classroom, obviously, You're not going to get a car into the classroom, but other sorts of weapons. And at the end of the day, does it really matter uh, if it was a firearm, a knife, something else um, that took an innocent life? Mm-hmm. So it's important that Safety is understood to play a critical part in learning. Because what Dr. Weston also talks about, uh, when somebody panics, how the brain works and how the blood, if you're panicked, uh, is going going to go away from your brain uh, to another muscle to react. Whether it's with heat or cold or, or some other threat. So it's important. You can imagine a child sitting through school day in and day out who is not focused and, 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 and it, the brain is not functioning the way it was supposed to function can have very, very adverse impact on that child's learning. And we know that education can impact one's lifelong prospects.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. Well, um, given how important it is for kids to feel safe in order to learn, What do parents need to know and what do parents need to do before sending their children off to school each day? And in some parts of the country, children have already gone back to school. Some are going back on Monday and some may not go back until September. But what do parents need to be aware of as they've got their kids um, going to school and preparing to send them off?
2: The number one thing I advise parents on when I'm asked this question, what they can do. To ensure their child's safety uh, that number one recommendation is education now, I'm talking about education for themselves to so raising their knowledge base and awareness on school security best practices not what the school is telling you they're doing but take the time invest the time do your due diligence and understand what our school safety best practices and what practices really are, are, are not accepted as industry standards that will allow parents to talk about these things. Uh, so if they have a concern with what their child's school is doing, by having that information, they can have a highly intelligent conversation with their principal, superintendent, school board vet, member, whomever, and have that conversation. And as parents, they have every right uh, to, to express those concerns.
1: Absolutely. Well, um, we also want to talk about what children can do. Uh, how we can make the children, the students themselves, more cognizant of safety at school and even on their way to and from school. Uh, How do we empower children uh, to uh, contribute to their own safety? What kinds of things do children need to be aware of, Michael?
2: Mm -hmm. Again, the parents play a very important role in raising that awareness uh, among their children and I would say their children's friends. So situational awareness is absolutely key. Um, I would also say stressing the importance of school safety protocol is very important. Um, school safety protocol is put into place for a very good reason. So it's important that children take those protocols seriously and that that involves practice, if that, that involves a, uh, a lockdown exercise or a lockdown drill and protocol. How do you evacuate? And don't take these things lightheartedly.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and that's something parents can be talking with their children about is parents um, educating themselves about the school policies and protocols and then having conversations with their children, uh, including, as you mentioned, situational awareness. And I want to talk more about that when we come back after the break. But to take these Um, drill seriously and pay attention to what the protocols are, because ultimately, Michael, as SSI Guardian always says, uh, you are responsible for your safety. Uh, And we can talk about response times for law enforcement, but in those minutes that we're waiting for help, we've got to take responsibility for our own safety. I'm speaking with Michael Yorio, president of SSI Guardian, and we'll be back talking about back to school safety when we return. Stay with us i
0: Don't trust your safety to just anyone. SSI Guardian is the only choice. Visit us at SSIGuardian.com.
4: What if a psychologist with years of experience wrote a book revealing secrets that therapists know but usually don't share? And what if that book provided effective strategies for experiencing lasting change? That's exactly what you get with Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark's book, Do something different for a change. An insider's guide to what your therapist knows, but may not tell you. Celebrating 10 years in print, this self-help classic shares critical insights to help you understand and overcome the three common barriers to change, heal your emotional pain and emptiness, and strengthen your connection to your true self and others. In the easy-to-understand, down-to-earth style she's known for, Dr. Pegg clearly communicates fundamental principles and strategies for change and personal transformation read do something different for a change today and have a better tomorrow go to slash books to purchase your copy today
0: Studies show that safety greatly impacts student learning and a teacher's ability to do what they do best. Be it broken furniture, a leaking roof, or more serious
1: threat of violence, the 21st Century Safe School by School Specialty addresses school safety from the emotional, social, and physical perspective. Don't wait another moment. Call 877-878-5800 or visit SSIGuardian.com. All right. Welcome back, everyone. This is Living Well with Dr. Peg. I'm your host, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark, and I'm just happy to be with you again. You know, summer's over, fall is coming, and you only have a few months left in 2018. Can you believe it? Did you accomplish the goals that you had in mind for this year? Do you want to get unstuck and establish new habits that will keep you on track going forward? Well, if you're finally ready to take to make the changes you've been meaning to make this year, contact me today to learn a More about my unique approach to coaching using the latest psychological research and behavior change strategies to help you establish those new habits that are the building blocks of change. And all coaching is done by telephone, making it easy and efficient to experience lasting change in your life. Just go to drpegradio.com today to schedule a complimentary session to learn how results coaching can help you get back on track. And it is time to get back on track with Back to School and college students are heading out or have already headed out, and K-12 schools have already started in some parts of the country. Uh, and to help us all be better prepared for back-to-school and campus safety, my guest today is Michael Urio, president of SSI Guardian, the leader in advanced active shooter education and training. Michael Yorio, thanks so much again for being back with
2: us. Thank you for having me, Dr. Peggy.
1: And how can listeners get in touch with you and learn more about SSI Guardian?
2: Best way is through our website, ssiguardian.com. Uh, all of your callers are welcome to call me at 202-676-7166.
1: Awesome. And I'll have a link back to you, Michael, on my website. Again, that's drpegradio.com And you can share this episode or any episode of Living Well with Dr. Pegg with a friend. Just go to the program archives at com, And if you want to share your thoughts or ask a question, our phone lines are open today. You can just call 303 303- And we're also on Facebook Live today, and I did get my comments are popping back up on my phone again, so I can see who's on. Hi, Shani. And so shoot us a question and we'll answer it on the air today. If you have a question for Michael Yorio about school safety, if you're a college student, if you're a parent who's sending your kids back to school, Um, Now's the time to ask those important questions of Michael Yorio. And again, be sure to follow us on Facebook to stay up to date on the show. So, Michael, uh, we've talked about parents. We've talked even about how students need to uh, be empowered to take responsibility for their own safety. Um, Let's talk about teachers. What can teachers do in their individual classrooms and in their schools to
2: help improve uh, school safety? Similar to the students, um, it's very important that the teachers, again, take the security protocols and policies of their school, take them seriously, make sure that they understand them thoroughly, and practice them. Um, Practice doesn't have to mean, or it doesn't have to include the entire school practicing. Teachers uh, really should take ownership of their individual classrooms and make sure that they have a plan within the school plan, but a plan for their classroom. So spending time understanding what will you do in a lockdown situation, what will you do in certain situations, so that you are prepared, and then stressing the importance and and the importance of practice with your students. Um, Teachers should also look at their equipment in their classroom and something from a very basic level: classroom door locks. Um, The the first thing you want to look at: does that door lock lock from the inside of the classroom? Um, If it does, great, and then evaluate the lock itself. Is it a low-performing latch lock that can be breached very, very easily, or is it something of uh, more substance? Uh, what if the teacher doesn't have the key? Does that lockdown device have the capability for someone else aside from the teacher in that classroom to lock that door? Lockdown shades, uh, almost every schoolroom in America has a view panel, either within the door or on the side of the door, and, and that's for good reason, for child safety reasons. But in a lockdown event, you need to cover those windows. So do you have the appropriate lockdown shades that are temporary? Mm -hmm. Um, It is not code compliant. We see this a lot throughout America, that schools will take construction paper or cloth or a curtain and keep that view panel covered permanently. Mm -hmm. Um, You're out of code when you do that. Um, So, again, making sure you have the right equipment in your classroom, understanding your school's policies, and making sure that you and your students understand The plan should something bad happen.
1: Right. And you make so many good points. I want to uh, go a little deeper on two of them. I love what you said about your school has a protocol and procedures and does drills, but each individual uh, teacher should be thinking about for their specific classroom, what are they going to do? Uh, where where will they hide? How will they evacuate? What is the closest exit? And perhaps even practice that within the classroom. Um, that That's such good advice for individual teachers to be empowered to take initiative to really think about their specific class. Uh, and then the other thing I, I want you to elaborate on, Michael, is you said it's so important for these lock, door locks to lock from the inside. Can you talk more about that and some of the lessons we've learned from other past uh, tragedies where that was not the case.
2: If we look at Parkland, those classroom doors did not lock from the inside. Um, these are confirmed events that one teacher in particular tried to lock his classroom. He had to go out into the hallway to try to lock it from the outside, mm. and that teacher lost his life. That should never, ever happen. So it's the, the analogy I use is this. Would you feel comfortable, any of your listeners... Would you feel comfortable if you could not lock the front door to your home from the inside at night to protect your family? I'm going to guess that most would not feel comfortable with that and would probably say, well, that's kind of crazy. Why couldn't we lock it from the inside? Mm -hmm. So that same methodology applies. And to be honest, it is crazy that classroom doors do not lock from the inside
3: mm-hmm
1: And that, again, as you mentioned, is for child safety. We wouldn't want a child to get locked inside. I remember as a little girl, I got locked inside the bathroom in my own home, and my dad had to, you know, kind of cut through. It was kind of a um, plywood-type door that was easy to bust through, and he had to rescue me. So it, it's for student safety that they don't Um, that many of them don't lock from the inside, but there is a remedy to that. There's a solution. They can still lock from the inside, and kids still, we have methods where they wouldn't get locked in because the teacher can have a key or any administrator can have a key from the outside to open it, correct?
2: That's right. It's about having, as I referenced earlier, having the right classroom Mm -hmm. door lock. So Mm -hmm. the first thing you want to look for, does it lock from the inside? Mm -hmm. If it does, and that's a great point that you raise, it Is that lock capable of being unlocked with a key from the outside? And the master lock, whether the superintendent, the principal, the custodian, uh, a lot of times local law enforcement has uh, keys, master keys to the schools within their community. Mm -hmm. And that's for sound reason. Does the lock also have automatic egress? So if a child locks themselves into that classroom mistakenly, Mm -hmm. especially a small child and they're afraid, all they really need to do is press that lever and they're out of that classroom immediately. So making sure, again, evaluating the lock, making sure the lock is fire code compliant, ADA compliant dhs primer compliant following dhs recommendations in fact one of the recommendations that department of homeland security makes uh, in their primary report that was issued post sandy hook was that classroom doors need to be locked from the inside of the classroom by more than one person, so something simple in a panic situation, uh, people will fumble with their keys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just as Murphy's Law would have it, that one day where you need that key, you lost it, you left right. it, or it fell out of your, it fell out of your pants or your coat pocket. So something mechanical, that simple, something, in their languages a red button. They don't say red, but they say a button. That but you push the button. Now the advantage of the button being red is it automatically draws one's eyes. To that button and it's intuitive even if you've never touched it before what does this button do
3: mm-hmm. so
2: look at your iphone i mean these things are designed understanding the human psyche and what attracts our attention mm.
1: wow and so it's really about having the right equipment the right plan practicing that plan um because we we can have door locks but if if they're not appropriate then they don't do much good
2: that's absolutely yeah. correct. As we say, SSI guardian, having the right training, the right equipment, and the correct action plan. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And
1: so these would be things that a parent could look for or ask about in trying to evaluate uh, the safety measures at their child's school.
2: Absolutely. Uh, that's part of understanding the best practices, mm-hmm. not only from a uh, strategic and a training perspective, but also on the products. Uh, are the products... I mean, it, 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 the very basic, is this lock code compliant? Is this lockdown device code compliant? Something you referenced earlier, barricades. Mm-hmm. Barricades are not fire code compliant. They are not ADA compliant. They do not follow DHS primary recommendations. And lastly, many barricades pre- present other inherent risks. Some of these things can be used as weapons. Uh, in some cases, you need to uh, make holes into the floor, into the door, so now you're compromising the mm. original uh, construction. So a, a plethora of things um, can go wrong unintentionally, but nonetheless can go wrong in, in using items that, are, that have not been proven and that do not be best practice guidelines. Absolutely, Life safety codes, uh, many are standing and for good reason. So to think that we're just going to amend the code to allow any particular solution to be uh, used in a classroom or a school facility uh, really is not sound thinking. Right, and
1: and so you'll see individual teachers that you talked about earlier. Uh, empowering individual teachers to take initiative in their classroom with their students. And so you'll see some of them bringing in some of these gadgets and and devices that really are not code compliant because it's something they can afford. Uh, So you've you've made it clear why that's dangerous and not appropriate. But what would be some uh, options for any individual teacher uh, to take control of their classroom when when um, the the budget for the school doesn't have a line item yet, at least for uh, equipping all of the classrooms with locks, are there Mm -hmm. things that uh, teachers can do to make sure they get the appropriate lock in their classroom even while they're
2: waiting on the school to do it school-wide? Sure. The most important thing that teachers can do is bring their concerns, share their concerns with their administrator, whether it's the principal or superintendent, Bring these concerns to your administrative body, but also bring solutions. Mm. So, again, kind of lead with action, take the initiative, mm-hmm. find products. That meet the basic requirements as we talked about code compliance uh, performance standards etc and bring these solutions and have that um, adult conversation uh, with the administrators letting them know that you're not feeling safe uh, and you've found some solutions that you feel they should consider Mm -hmm. from a funding perspective many states Will be provided. Some have announced, some will be announcing. Uh, Some of the money was released in 2018, Uh, other funds are coming in 2019 and 2020 at the state level. So more than half mm-hmm. of the states have some semblance of a school safety funding program. Mm-hmm. Now, in many cases, the, the the amounts are very low. Understood. In other cases, they're they're more significant. Uh, there are also federal grants and federal federal funds that schools can apply for. Um, a lot of the larger foundations, private foundations, uh, help schools in a plethora of needs, and safety is one of those needs. Um, then we have the old fashioned. Let's have a fundraiser mm-hmm. and schools and PTAs and PTOs do a phenomenal job at this. So whether it's selling a pizza or selling wrapping paper <laughs> um, to raise money and security is not as expensive as we are often led to believe that it is, mm-hmm. meaning not everything is a million dollar fix. It's truly not. Right. So for example, if you look at a twenty first century safe classroom, mm-hmm. which involves three basic items that significantly upgrade the safety of that classroom, which is a quick action lockdown, a lockdown shade, and a stop emergency kit placed within side of that classroom. In many cases the cost per student, if you had to do a fundraiser, is less than twenty dollars. Wow. So by doing those things, um, and then you have more things that are perhaps more innovative, with with crowdfunding and crowdsourcing. Mm-hmm. And um, I've,
1: spent uh, I've spent more than twenty dollars. I've spent more than twenty dollars on the cookies that the kids are selling. <laughs> 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 so that that certainly is something. You know, the cookies are putting on ten pounds, but I could be spending that same twenty dollars and uh, supporting a classroom and being a 21st century safe classroom.
2: Absolutely. And again, don't be afraid. My, my message to the, the teachers and anybody working in a school facility don't be afraid. Get a plan together, a concrete plan, take it out to your community and put it out to them. And if you need to raise whatever that uh, amount of money is, put it out there. And, and sometimes it takes a collaborative effort where mm-hmm. you're selling cookies, but at the same time, the local businesses are chipping in and you got a smaller grant. And if you pull mm-hmm. all of these funds together, you can upgrade your safety. And what yes. is the cost of a child's life? That's really the question. Yeah, yeah. From the What's administrative value? side, mm-hmm. s- schools can take a different approach to school safety. Um, and, and we know this from being in, in the educational business. Not all supplies need to be ordered at the same level every year. So part of it is a different mindset, changing the systemic um, procurement methods, if you will. Mm-hmm. In uh, some years, you may not need more furniture, but you may need safety upgrades. Very good.
1: Well, in speaking of partnerships and collaborating, um, SSI Guardian has been partnering with different entities and even providing classroom makeovers, providing the 21st Century Safe Classroom at different schools throughout the country, Uh, Talk about that. We have about two minutes, but I'd love to hear about some of those recent makeovers that you've done this summer so the kids coming back to school have a a whole new, fresh look in their classroom.
2: I just got back from a classroom. Actually, it was a media center makeover um, here in in South Florida. So we've partnered with College Football Playoff Foundation, Uh, and this started where – to your point, we provide a 21st Century Safe Classroom makeovers. Uh, but we've expanded that through the Orange Bowl uh, that we provide 21st Century Safe Media Center makeovers. Wow. Uh, so we did three elementary schools in South Florida and, and Palm Beach, Broward and Miami-Dade counties. Uh, we've done two of the events already. The third is tomorrow. And it's absolutely phenomenal. Um, taking, in many cases, a, a very, very run-down media center library and making it as current as possible. The, the look on the kids' faces is just priceless. But more than that, really promoting reading, early reading skills, uh, which we, we continue to struggle as a country, but largely due to technology. So encouraging kids to read a book at a very young age and making it fun, putting them in an environment a la a media center that's brand new, that they're comfortable, that they want to go to every day, and they want to read. So it's a phenomenal program that we do throughout the United States.
1: Great. That's awesome. Congratulations on that. Well, I'm speaking with Michael Yorio, president of SSI Guardian, and we're going to take a break. And when we return, we'll talk about higher education, sending your kids off to college campuses. What do you need to be mindful of? And then as well, uh, Labor Day holiday is coming up and final summer travel. What do we need to be mindful of to stay safe? Stay with us, we'll be back. In my car, wherever I choose to
3: go.
0: Schools are increasingly adopting 21st century learning strategies. However, safety largely remains absent from the conversation, and fragmented efforts continue allowing for security gaps. Studies show effective learning can only exist when students and teachers feel safe. As the industry leader providing innovative educational solutions for more than 58 years, School Specialty has created the 21st Century Safe School, which aligns next-generation learning best practices with proven safety solutions focused on the mental, physical, and emotional well
1: Hi, I'm Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. Do you ever make changes, but after a few days, weeks, or even months, you slip back into your old behaviors and patterns? If you want something different, you've got to do something different. Yet most people won't do what's required to experience the lasting change they say they want. Why? Because change is hard, it's scary, and it comes at a cost. If you're ready for change, join me for a one-day, do something different for a change, Personal Transformation Retreat. In this intensive yet intimate retreat, you'll learn fundamental principles and strategies for lasting change and transformation and craft a customized plan that you can put into action right away. Contact me today to schedule your own private VIP, do something different for a change, personal transformation retreat. Go to drpegradio.com/slash retreat. All right, welcome back, everyone. This is Dr. Peggy oh. Mitchell-Clark. You're listening to Living Well with Dr. Peg, and it's back to school time. We're talking about school safety, and my guest is Michael Yorio. He's the president of SSI Guardian, uh, who's the leading expert in advanced active shooter education training, product solutions, the right training, the right equipment, the correct action plans. That's what you'll find with SSI Guardian. Michael, thanks so much for always being on the show and sharing your expertise.
2: Peggy, and a quick question for you, if I may. Yeah, Since please. it's back to school and you're a former professor, mm-hmm. do you have the urge to give quizzes?
1: You know, that's the, that's the one thing I miss is giving the quiz, but I don't miss grading the quiz and grading those papers. <laughs> <laughs> so every every year I, I get uh, inquiries, do I want to come back as a part-time adjunct? And every year I think about it and say, nah, I think I'll I'll stay gone another year or so. (laughs) It's been uh, six years since I retired, so I I think I'm probably done. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of uh, college, Michael, let's talk about higher education. We've been talking about uh, primarily K-12. And then also keeping in mind, every school and campus is also a workplace for the folks who work there. And so a lot of these principals... Uh, hold whether we're talking about K-12, higher ed, or our workplaces and businesses. Uh, but let's talk about um, higher education. And one thing that all higher education professionals are interested in are continuing education units, or CEUs. And I know K-12 teachers are always looking for CEUs as well. And so before we get into campus safety, talk about the upcoming professional development that SSI Guardian is presenting at NC State University later this fall.
2: Sure. So one thing that truly makes our Stop the Threat Advanced Active Shooter training different from everything else in the marketplace is that we are the only program in America that's university accredited. So after completing all the course requirements, attendees, students in this case, will get a full CEU Continuing Education Unit credit issued not by SSI Guardian, but a university accredited CEU from North Carolina State University. We teach twice a year on campus in Raleigh mm-hmm. at the McKinnon Center uh, at NC State. It's a beautiful campus where it's a full-day program, uh, and it's really a cool venue and program because it's it's open enrollment. So what that means is you have uh, attendees from K-12, from higher education, from industry, from faith-based, from government and mm-hmm. agencies. So a, a vast uh, audience, if you will, vast uh, ma- audience demographic Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's really cool it's a full day uh, event seven hours uh, with lunch with a networking lunch uh, and that program uh, the attendees will receive half so 0.05 of a CEU again issued by North Carolina State University.
1: Wow that's really great and so a teacher who's listening or an administrator faculty member or uh, someone involved in the security of a hospital a campus a private school Uh, They could send individuals to this professional development training to learn more about best practices and then be better equipped to um, lobby for some of those um, uh, uh, products that you were talking about in terms of door locks and lockdown shade and the stop the bleed
2: kits to make, make their school a 21st century safe school. That's right. And we've had individuals, uh, again, the program is held in Raleigh, North Carolina, but we've had individuals come from Colorado, mm-hmm. California wisconsin new england so from around the united states uh, to attend this course mm-hmm. and you're absolutely spot on uh, when we talk about taking ownership and, and a, lot, a lot of universities and schools have professional development funds um, that would pay right. for this course um, not all do but most do mm-hmm. and the other advantage when we train on site because of that ceu our stop the threat program is eligible for title ii professional development funding which, again, most school districts in America have a PD budget, as they call Mm -hmm. it, uh, on an annual basis. So it's another way to get that and to fund this life-saving training uh, when you think you may not have the money for it. Yeah,
1: yeah. So anybody listening who knows a teacher, a college professor, uh, someone who works as staff or an administrator Uh, on a campus, a K-12 school, they most likely do have professional development funds. Let them know about SSI Guardian's training at NC State University. Uh, That's coming up in October of 2018. And listeners, you can learn more about it at SSIGuardian.com. So, Michael, -hmm. let's talk about campus safety Um, There are unique challenges uh, for most college campuses and universities uh, compared to, say, K-12 schools. Talk about some of those challenges and what we need to be aware of when we're on those campuses, either as students, uh, employees, or even visitors, uh, because I imagine that's one of the challenges that uh, colleges and universities have a lot of people from the community who come onto the campus uh, to attend uh, and participate in different events and meetings.
2: Well said. Higher education, uh, college campuses are very challenging from a security perspective mm-hmm. because most are open spaces. Uh, it's not just a learning institution. To your point, it's a workplace. You have thousands and in some cases, tens of thousands of employees. Yeah. Some of the bigger universities actually have medical campuses and mm-hmm. med- hospitals on campus. So you have a variety of, of Activities taking place, um, in many cases, it's a 24 7 environment. Um, students studying in the library um, throughout the night, pulling the uh, proverbial all nighter at the library. Um, so it's just and some schools are based right uh, in an urban setting, in a inner city. Um, that prevents a different challenge than if you were um, out more on a rural campus. Um, and there's no evidence that one environment is safer than the other. It's just that they present different security challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, many universities as well have early childhood and daycare centers. Wow. So now you have, and most of us don't think of a, of a toddler, uh, of a, a child under the age of five, on that campus, right. but at many times um, you have that throughout the day. So there, there's many different dynamics to look at. Yeah. Some okay. consistencies, though, and some consistent strategies that, stu- whether you're a student, faculty member, employee, visitor. Situational awareness needs to be on top of your list. You always need to be aware. Um, College campuses have the added threat of what we call scammers. Um, There's a plethora of scams taking place on university campuses. Mm -hmm. Cybersecurity is another uh, very um, prevalent and and fastly growing threat. Um, And and most college students, um, they're operating off of a laptop or some sort of a technology apparatus. Um, So protecting that data and being leery that, um, as most of our parents told us growing up, if it doesn't seem right, it's probably not right. So really relying on your instincts. um, Mm -hmm. Again, taking ownership. You are responsible for your own well-being. Law enforcement will get there as fast as they can, but before they can arrive and take meaningful action, what are you going to do to convert that bad time into good time and look out for your own Mm
1: self-awareness. Well, and my guest, everyone, is Michael Yorio, president of SSI Guardian, and we're talking about uh, campus safety. Uh, If you have a call, uh, uh, if you have a question or comment, you can call us. The number is 303-477-5600, and we're also broadcasting live on Facebook. You can shoot me a message there, and I will give that question to Michael Yorio. Michael, you've mentioned mentioned it a couple of times now, situational awareness, Uh, Let's talk some about that because you mentioned um, college students on their laptops and certainly um, K-12 students have laptops and iPads and all of those devices, not to mention their personal cell phones. So there's a cyber safety, security uh, concern. Um, And and in fact, my show next week, we're going to be talking about cyber safety and cyber security. So tune in next week for more on that. But I want to talk about the role that that technology plays in lowering our situational awareness. So talk about what that really means uh, when we have our faces in the phones. Um, I'm actually seeing more and more, Michael, people literally walking down the street with their earbuds in, watching a movie, crossing the street without looking both ways, which we learned when we were little kids, look both ways before crossing. People (laughs) aren't even doing that anymore. They're so oblivious so not only their personal safety as a pedestrian you know being hit by a car, but how else does that kind of absorption in our devices influence um, situational awareness where it pertains to our our um, safety from violence and the active shooter kind of violence that we 're talking about?
2: Faces in the phone can be fatal uh, it's very important that we do not allow ourselves to become distracted, especially. Uh, when you're out in public and whether you're walking on the college campus or um, just outside in your community, uh, I've witnessed the same as I'm sure most of your callers have. I've seen people literally walk into traffic because they're not paying attention. They're on their phone many times with a headset. So they become so um, isolated, if you will, from their surroundings that they become very, very soft targets to a potential evildoer. doer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Whether it's somebody snatching your backpack or your handbag or or beating you up or or doing something else, uh, we have to be aware at all times there's a time and place for everything. And watching a movie when you're crossing the street or when you're in a public place, uh, I'm sure that movie is probably recorded and you can watch it later on when you get back home when you're safe and sound. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's very important that we do that. Um, Driving, too. Folks should not drive. Texting, uh, driving with headsets, listening to music, or uh, having conversation. Um, there, there have been studies even when you use hands-free. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're, you are distracted. If we go back to what Doctor Wesson teaches us it's most people think they can multitask uh, but it's very difficult even if you're on hands-free and you're driving in traffic because now you may be concentrating on that conversation Mm -hmm. in a split second something you didn't see maybe that car coming up beside you or that motorcycle or something else a falling piece of debris off of a tractor trailer Mm -hmm. so it's important that we stay alert and aware at all times absolutely and those of you who are watching
1: live on Facebook while you're driving. You cut that out right now. We'll have the recording posted later. You watch it when you're safe at home. Uh, so, Michael, these are really basic um, tips that pertain to our general safety as well as acts of targeted violence, uh, which is on, is top of mind for everyone. School shootings, uh, you, people using vehicles to run through crowds. Uh, if you've got your face in the phone, you won't see that vehicle coming. Uh, you won't notice that someone... Uh, is um, approaching. Um, that's perhaps even holding a weapon, and you might have had the opportunity to run away from that threat, but you didn't even see it coming. Uh, so, just real sure. super important,
2: very important. And the other bit of advice I, I would leave the listeners with: um, be careful of what information you share. So, whether it's a mm. screensaver on your on your mobile device on your laptop, um, don't make it too personal because if somebody's looking for you or looking at you, something that could be very innocent, a shot of you and your best friend in front of your dorm room, and, okay, I know the dorm name, I know the room number, uh, perhaps mm-hmm. having your telephone number, having your full name, and too much information uh, on your backpack, on your luggage, on your laptop, on your cell phone. So you really want to safeguard your personal information as well uh, and whether that could lead to physical violence or a cyber attack Mm -hmm. against you getting your personal information. So a lot of it, quite frankly, is common sense, but we have to be aware. And and nobody ever, uh, people don't deserve to have bad things done to them because they put a nice photo uh, of them and their friend or their family or their child on their iPhone or the computer, uh, just being not aware that bad people look at Every single detail.
1: Mm-hmm. And so, it really is not just about identity theft. It it's literally your physical safety. If someone knows where you are, um, or that you're not home, and so now your 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 home is subject to being robbed. So we really have to be mindful. We're we're in a whole new age, Michael of um, how we socialize and how we live life. And and the digital technology is not going away. So we just have to be smart about it. You know, they call it a smartphone, but we need a a smartphone user, a smart smartphone user, uh, so that we're not making ourselves more vulnerable with with the the technology.
2: That's right. And with a lot of these apps, um, they're live time. So Mm -hmm. people will know where you are at at any given moment. Um, that's that creates a security risk, so mm-hmm. something we have to be aware of. Um, and if you're on vacation, obviously not posting. I'm in Tahiti, having a great time in Tahiti. And now people know well, you're outside the country. Right. So right. if I wanted to do something to your home or maybe your child, uh, we, we know that you're not present. Exactly.
1: And so wait till you get home and then post your photos. But let's talk about right. yeah, let's talk about vacations and. Uh, it's the end of the summer. You know, Labor Day is upon us. People may travel, have, you know, one last little hurrah and vacation before they hunker down for the fall. Uh, they may have one last party in the park. There's large community concerts and outdoor venues and we can't forget all the great labor day sales so people are going to be at shopping (laughs) malls what are some other um, important things to be mindful of when we're out with our families in these large open spaces and and large venues like malls and even football football stadiums we got football season starting here now too what what should we be should we be
2: mindful of the great thing about practicing situational awareness is it's something that you do no matter where you're at. So any of the venues you had just mentioned and then some, you always need to take that situational awareness skill set with you. And once it's trained, once it's learned in practice, it truly becomes second nature and quite easy. Um, but what, what recommendations I give people all the time, have a good time, have fun, but always practice Uh, safety. Mm -hmm. Uh, Barbecue uh, explosions are are very, very prevalent. So it's important that we, again, be careful. These things are not toys. An automobile is not a toy. A gas barbecue is not a toy. So practicing safety um, at all of these fun events. And if you're in an open space, such as a concert or a football game, again, making sure you're aware of your surroundings, get the face out of the phone, and just practice sound judgment. And if you see something that's concerning, as they say at DHS, mm-hmm. if you see something, say something. Don't be shy. Report it to find a local police officer, uh, event security, and report that and allow them to do their jobs.
1: Mm-hmm. And so when when we're thinking about, you know, we just commemorated um, the tragedy in Charlottesville, uh, when we think about these, some of these outdoor public spaces, and as you mentioned, we're seeing more and more car attacks using a vehicle as the weapon. Um, situational awareness is so important, but can you give us some tips in terms of positioning ourselves? Um, you know, we, we know about folks who never sit with their back to the door at a restaurant, for example. Um, what can we do in those outdoor spaces in in a similar vein of where we position ourselves, Uh, So we can uh, move away from a threat if we do see one. Uh, Talk about that.
2: And I know a guy like that who never sits with his back to the door. And we
1: got a minute left, Michael. I'm sorry, I I, I set you up with uh, a big question, but we've got a minute left here. Sorry about that.
2: Um, So (laughs) something when you're outdoors, um, I know a lot uh, of folks enjoy dining dining outside, Mm -hmm. um, but that's that's really in my mind a risk you don't want to sit too close to that curb Uh, if there's an accident and that vehicle comes across the curb um, you may not be in the best situation there Mm -hmm. so you kind of want to understand your perimeter understand what's around you if you're at a concert or a football game and there's a really unruly individual near you if you have the option i would recommend moving away from that person Mm -hmm. because something bad might happen So by understanding the potential threats and putting yourself and your family in the safest position possible is always important. Yes,
1: absolutely. Well, thanks so much, Michael Yorio, for sharing your expertise with us. And listeners, go to SSIGuardian.com to learn about the upcoming training at NC State University and all the other products and services. My guest has been Michael Yorio, and I'm Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark, reminding you to live well.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this presentation of Living Well with Dr. Pegg. For more information or to contact Dr. Peggy.